This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Curry, way downtown, bang, bang, oh, what a shot from Curry. You don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. 360, foul hit with the sauce. Got it, oh. and one. Fires a long one, oh, nothing but net. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Map brought to you by OTS. I'm your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And on today, this fine clay day, clay as in Clay Thompson, uh, I'm here with one of my favorite people to discuss Warriors basketball with, and that's Steve Berman, or how many of you may know him from the Twitter timeline as BA sports guy, which is Bay Area, right, Steve? That's right, Bay Area, always. And he is with The Athletic, and lately he's been focusing on, um, even though there's a lockout, MLB and the Oakland A's, but he, you know, covers and talks about all Bay Area sports. So I'm so happy to have him on the show today. You know, this is like a big day for the Bay Area. And even though I'm not there, if you're a fan of the Warriors, it was just like a big day, like football. It was a big day, like basketball wise, a really, really big day for the Bay Area. Um, And definitely for fans of the Warriors, it was a big day because it was the day that Clay returned. And so um, I want to talk about that. I want to, I don't know. I just want to know what the buzz was like over there. Like if it was anything like the way it was on Twitter, I'm sure it was great. Um, So yeah, I kind of just, I want to know what it was like and get your perspective. So are you invested in any of these teams? Like, are you, I mean, I know you cover them, but like, are you fans of any of them that it like mattered to you, these outcomes? Well, now that I work professionally and thanks for having me on that. I know we've talked many times about the Warriors and other stuff in the past. And so it's great to be on your podcast. Glad you have a podcast. This is cool. Really, the I, I stopped being a fan once I started getting into press boxes. So, and that was actually the Warriors were the first team to let me do that back in 2011. They had a blogger day, and my my blog BayAreaSportsGuy.com uh, was one of the ones that were invited, and that led to me and a few handful of other guys getting press passes for games and stuff like me next to like Ethan Strauss and Danny (laughs) Danny LaRue and uh Rich Twu from uh Let's Go Warriors and like you know the we had tables that we'd sit at 
above the lower level that were for press and they were half empty it'd be like me and ethan and maybe like rich and then like three four empty seats and then fast forward like you know five years later and it's insane like the locker room is completely crowded and so right. the whole thing changed but once you get into press boxes and you are told not to cheer you sort of get jaded to all that kind of stuff and so I, I think that people, anyone wants to be a fan and be emotional, that's great. I don't really like it when media people sort of rag on fans or try to police fans for being emotional. Like, that's why you get into it. If you're not emotional, who cares? Right. But just for, it it, bec- it became work at some point. I still enjoy it. I still, you know, get hyped up about certain things I see. But like a lot of people in the media say, it ends up being more about like the people you interact with. than the laundry that they're wearing yeah policing fandom is definitely not cool um it's sort of been a little topic lately on the tl Um, actually i saw you tweeting about it recently yeah it's just like yeah i mean i am like i don't believe there's one way to be a fan but i am unabashed like i love the warriors those are my guys and i'm never gonna like go too crazy on them like even if they're not performing at their best right like I can be a little critical but it's never gonna be like you guys are playing like shit get it together (laughs) you know like I just you know I can say like oh you know Steph is in a shooting slump but I'm not gonna be like what the fuck is wrong with you like that's just not what mentioning them on Twitter which is the absolute worst like oh my god yeah (laughs) so I'm not gonna do those things um but you know, there are some people who will. And so we don't necessarily see eye to eye on that. And, you know, it's just been interesting because they kind of like knock the people who are like me, like, oh, you're not objective. Well, you know what? They don't fucking pay me to be objective. Like I'm a fan. (laughs) (laughs) My clients, as I'm a lawyer, my clients pay me to be objective in like legal matters. Actually, they pay me to advocate for them. But in theory, like in a legal matter, yes, I look at all the facts Mm -hmm. and I'm objective. I don't want to do that shit with sports yeah. on my team like <laughs> I'm gonna be crazy I'm gonna be like a hardcore fan I'm gonna like go you know hard for my guys and defend them and that's it and you know that's that's how I feel that's how I'm gonna be as a fan so if people don't like it I'm probably not the person for them but if you do then I probably am because I'm super mm-hmm. passionate and I love the Warriors and I love talking about them and I love talking about them with Steve. We have lots of conversations about the Warriors. Um, I know when you were younger, similar to me, like you really loved Magic. He was like one of your favorite players. And you often say like you think in ways, um, Steph is like a modern day Magic, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when I look at him and I, I guess it was sort of my response to everyone comparing him to Steve Nash. You know, everyone talks about Nash and I see the parallels Don Nelson worked with both of them. They both are guys that can play make and can make great passes, nice handle, and also have range. Steve Nash now admits he didn't shoot as much as he should have, but they didn't really know that back when he was playing right. in the 2000s. But just in terms of energy and uh, not just getting the crowd hype, but also getting their teammates hyped and just sort of bringing a palpable sense of energy that you can't really explain with statistics or really anything you know you can't explain it with PER or true shooting percentage 
there's just sort of like you know the lights get brighter when those guys are playing magic was that guy back in the 80s uh jordan was that guy in the 90s he did it differently it was, it was more of an individual thing but he was just so much better than everything anyone had ever right. seen and, and he did bring his teammates up to a certain level just because they were afraid that if they didn't play well enough you you know yell at them magic and steph weren't really that way and steph is uh is just the guy who's really the magic of the nba because he's the guy everyone wants to watch and that might upset some people of certain fans of certain guys and that doesn't mean that they're not great players too but they just don't have that hit factor that steph does it's really remarkable like how much people love steph you know um you know, and, and I don't know if you saw recently a quote, like Kevin Garnett actually said, like, you know, Steph is like the MJ. He said the MJ of his era because he was talking about Andrew Wiggins and he basically was saying, like, you know, playing with these guys and it's like a different environment. It's like, you know, Steph is like the MJ of Wiggins era is like what he yep. was saying. And of course, you know, I love that, but, and it's not the first time Kevin Garnett has actually compared stuff like with, with Michael Jordan in that way. Cause he's just like, you know, all the stuff this guy's doing, like we, like, we haven't seen anything like this since MJ, just in terms of like the hype around him. And, you know, I mean, Kerr has said it too, like, you know, they're going to different cities and like, people waiting outside the hotel, you know, they're almost like rock stars, right? Like traveling. Um, And I never understood, I never understood why people get so upset when you say that, like no one is saying that he plays like MJ or he's like, it's just the effect he has on people is MJ like. Um, And I think that's fair. I think that's accurate. Just based on my many years of watching um you know the NBA I really haven't seen that many players like him and he does have that impact I think it's magnetism you know he draws people to him that wouldn't normally give a shit about any of this and uh they they'd see him and for whatever reasons whether it's his size the crazy shots that he takes that no one else has just sort of the way that he carries himself on the court there's just a magnetism that he he draws people in to watch him warm up before games. MJ was the same way. I never got to see him live, which is like one of my, you know, sort of regrets in life is I never went to see Michael Jordan play basketball in person, but it was the same way. I mean, the crowd would be there, you know, before, way before tip off. I mean, you, you can name off pretty much any star in the game right now. No one's saying I need to show up an hour and a half early so I can watch James Harden do his right. warm-up routine. You know, I mean, or KG. I mean, and, and if you do watch those guys do the routines, it's really interesting if you're a basketball head. But Steph's a guy who's sort of transcended to a point where little kids are going to love him. You know, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas. You know, it, it's. I mean, he he drew my late grandmother into the game. Like she didn't care Everyone. at all about basketball. I, she was only a Giants fan for baseball, and that was it. And she watched every Giants game. And in her later years, she became a huge Warriors fan from like 2012 to 2016 when she passed away. And I I think for sure it was Steph. Yeah, you know, I always say that like he's brought new fans to the game. He's brought back some people who left because, you know, some people are like that, like a player or someone they were really connected to leaves and they don't like watch as much anymore. I've heard a lot of people say they've come back because of him. 
Um, he's brought in like some of the casual fans. So, I mean, he's been so great for the sport. I don't even want to think about what it will be like when he's gone, but I think we still have some time for that. So, but today the man of the day of the hour of everything is Clay. Clay yeah. Thompson returned tonight and it was like this big lead up to it, right? I actually thought he wasn't going to come back until next week for the Detroit game. Um, like when I was looking from a distance, because I was like, that's just perfect. It's a homestand. They're going to be home for seven games. It was like Detroit, Indy, Houston, maybe. It was like some like light teams to start yeah. off. So I was like, that's the kind of stuff you want to bring him back for, you know, because I knew after this Cavaliers game, which the, the Cavs are also a good team, they were then going to go on the road and you got Memphis. <laughs> you got yeah. Milwaukee. You have like the Bulls. Not an easy road trip at all. No, no, it's not. And so I was just like, nah, there's no chance. But then you know it happens, and people have been excited for for like basically like the last few days. But when it like definitely definitely got confirmed yesterday by Clay, like it's just been you know antics. I want to say on like the TL like showing old clay games your favorite clay moment like celebrating um it was really something momentous for this fan base who've been like clamoring to have clay back right um you weren't there tonight right no you weren't okay but i I I wasn't there i i really want to know like what the atmosphere was like in there i've talked to a few people who were there and they said it was crazy but like is there like is there another moment in like NBA that you can like liken this to like with Clay missing those two years and then coming back and like it just like because it seemed like everyone couldn't wait to have him back not just Warriors fans but like you know every like all the other players um you know like you had all the sports outlets tweeting about it. It just, it was a big deal. And I'm trying to think of like when I witnessed something else like that. And I was struggling. Oh, well, it hasn't happened. I don't think in the last 10 years, I think the last one was when MJ started with the wizards when, cause he had been off and then what's he just going to look like. And just the fact that we get to see him on the court. Also when, when MJ came back after his baseball journey, his little sabbatical, and uh, he put the I'm back facts, I think he sent, and then came back as number 45. And then the other, only other one I think that's comparable, um, these guys are bigger icons, of course, than, than Clay, who's a, you know, I think should be a top 75 player and will be at some point. But these guys are top five all time. Uh, when Magic came back after his HIV uh, diagnosis. Yeah. When I, I remember when, when he came back, that was an enormous yeah. thing for the entire yeah. league, too. Obviously, there's no Twitter. He didn't have, fan, you know, players on Instagram saying, you know, I'm so glad to he- have you back. But that was the only time that I can remember because there's, I mean, I think it was it was cool to see KD come back from his Achilles as well. But that was also it just it was a weird time when that when right. that occurred too. So, and uh, and KD for whatever reasons that hasn't really grabbed the populace quite like that is Q rating isn't like clay's clay really is unique in that i mean even steph has haters but clay doesn't have any haters at all no. so i mean <laughs> on other teams other fan bases like other fan bases be like you know, they would do anything to see the warriors lose but they're still like 
Yeah, but I kind of like Clay. Or even though, even if they don't say it, they're thinking it in the back of their head, which is just yeah. a weird thing in this day and age when everyone has to be upset about something. So that's yeah, I think Clay, I think coming back, it's been huge buzz, not just in the last few days, but a lot of people were disappointed. They thought he'd come back for that that Kings game in December. I know, and they jacked up the the price of the tickets, and I feel Crazy. really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they thought that he might come back uh, for the Denver game too, and so a lot of people got tickets for that one. Yeah, uh, and so that, but then it, it seemed obvious when you know, then they started reporting. I think Woj did, hey, it's going to be after January, but. I think that this is a one where Clay is probably just itching to get back, and he was so good in the scrimmages. It seemed like from what I had heard, uh, people saying that he was actually playing like really, really well. So right. wasn't that surprising that he played as well as he did tonight? Even though it still was kind of surprising because the dude's coming off two major injuries and he's dunking on guys. Right. I think like sort of an unintended consequence of like that Denver game getting canceled is probably that it upped plays return maybe like a week or so because it seemed like they got some practice time and they were able to you know that's a good point do some things that they weren't planning to maybe do so quickly because they would have had to play and so it'll it kind of quickened how how soon he returns so I don't think anyone is mad about that even though I know they were mad about not being able to play the game but I I do think that was like one of the things that came from it um so what did you think tonight? Like, how did you think, you know, he looked? I thought he looked uh, obviously not totally himself, but as good as I could have figured. I mean, the fact that he took it to the rack in the first possession that he got the ball, his first touch, Kerr after the game said that the play was meant for him just to sort yeah. of put, kick it out. And he wasn't that surprised. And Clay took it to the hole. And he actually showed a little bit of hang time when he made that shot. That was the surprising thing to me. Not that he... Not, I knew he was going to shoot the first time he touched the ball. That's Clay. Right. Clay does that normally. So, Clay's not a big time passer. (laughs) No, no, he's not. Like, I saw like somebody saying, you know, over under on assists for Clay this year with his average (laughs) 2.5. And I'm going, I'm going way under because he's (laughs) probably not going to play super high minutes and it's Clay. But yeah, the, 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 the fact that he actually was able to have a little bit of hang time, that's not something Clay's known for. And, you know, and, and then he and then he bricked a few shots in a row. He's, I think he was one for five in his first five minutes out there. And then he came back in and he had that dunk. And then, then I was like, okay, that was not what I was expecting. Right. For one thing, how often do you see Clay cross up anyone? Granted, he was crossing the up. The dunk a bit. was my favorite thing of the night. Favorite. He didn't he didn't just slam it on him. He didn't just stuff it on him, but then then the way he landed was like super awkward. Yeah. like and kind of aggressive and then he yeah, some fans said up. they were having like ptsd i loved it but you know i i guess i could get how that was triggering for people well i was actually kind of worried one time in, in the first run that he had and uh there was some turnover or something and he kind of hobbled as uh i forget who it was if it was mobley or or who, who scored a layup and and they were both in the backcourt uh, clay and one of his teammates i can't remember who and Clay just kind of tripped a little bit. I was like, oh no, did he did, did he just tear his Achilles again? And then he like goes, he goes, gets the ball, gets it out, you know, inbounds it and trots back down like normal Clay. I was like, oh, okay, he's fine. And then he started hitting jumpers. So uh, he, he didn't have a great shooting percentage. And 
some of his fadeaways looked a little short uh, early on, especially. Right. But then once he had his first three, it was sort of like he was back in rhythm. And the, also the amazing thing that I thought from this game was that it seemed like it just took a big weight off of Steph's shoulders. His shot looked completely different tonight. His finishing looked completely different tonight than he did in the last In the first half. Too. The second half wasn't so great, but... No, but he had that first half little roll going where he was four for four from three, and mm-hmm. the shot, he didn't look like he was hesitating like he was during that uh, slump, where he would like, he would get it, you could almost see the wheels turning like, uh, okay, yeah, I will shoot, and that's not Steph. So No, it, yeah, he's like, been he's been overthinking a lot on the court. Um, I think so. Whatever. I mean, I just expect his shooting to fix itself, you know? Of course. Um, he's been doing it for 13 years. I think he'll be fine. If everyone could just take that approach, Steve, you know, the world would be a better place. Um, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier too, about the hating, because there were actually a couple of people that tried to hate on Clay coming back. Um, and they more so were like trying to like mock Warriors fans, like for our excitement or like, they were just like, yeah, I guess Clay's the first person to ever come back from injury. Like, are you serious, bro? Like. Like how like how is this even a thing? <laughs> so people just want attention. Like there's just some people who, who either they're jealous and they look, you know, that because they don't have that feeling themselves and they want to, or they just are someone who online wants attention from people and negative attention is just makes them feel just as good. Sometimes they're even going for negative attention. So right. whatever. Like yeah, you know, I saw someone say something like, "Oh, you know, the media is riding Clay. He's going to play 20 minutes a game." And like. Like, well, yes, you're also talking about a guy who won three titles. He went to five straight finals, got hurt, missed two straight years with two of the worst injuries you can have. And he's also, you know, a big figure in terms of personality-wise in this region and the nation and throughout the world. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit bigger deal than, like, say, if Jalen Brunson injured himself and came back a year later. I'm sorry. It just is. It's just the way it goes. And, you know, some people are going to be – upset but yeah you don't have to listen to him listen i love it i love i love the the reception he got i love that it was turned into clay day i love that everyone was talking about it because he deserves that and um it was exciting it was really good to see him back um he looks so happy you know yep. and um yeah it was pretty like emotional you know like I didn't break down and cry. I did break down and cry when Steph broke the record. I was there for that, though. I yeah, think you if, were there. Yeah, I think if I would have been in the building, though, at Chase for Clay's return, um, maybe I would have gotten a little choked up. But I was definitely feeling it, you know, watching it. Um, I will get to see him soon, though. So, you know, I'm excited for that in person. Um just so happy to have him back and be out there and you could tell his guys were happy um you know Dre just everyone you could tell they were all so excited Looney has been one of the most outspoken guys throughout Clay's rehab he's like the guy who'll you know when no one else would be talking about Clay like oh Clay looks great in rehab I've never seen him this locked in and you know Tim Kawakami wrote something great for the athletic recently about all the centers that Clay had become friends with and Loon wasn't included. And I think, you know, Looney would probably have some interesting things to say too. He, he talked to Bogut, talked to uh, David West, and he talked to Zaza. 
uh, and uh, did he talk to anybody else? I, th I think I'm missing someone. But anyways, uh, but Looney, I think tonight looked as frisky as I've seen him in a non. What did he grab? Like situation. 19 boards? Uh, let me see here. I think it was he something had, insane. I think he had yeah 18 or 19, which is for Looney. Well, for anybody, but yeah, yeah, yeah he had 18 rebounds. You know, I mean that's four steals. How many rebounds was it? 18 18 okay so yeah that's uh i mean i know I, th I think his career high was like 15 so can't even knock him for the um double pumps and all of that tonight under the room because he was just like a beast and this is the most personality i saw like i saw um i think it was sports center they had like a little like instagram reel that they caught of him like right before they like checked in you know like when they're by the chalk and everything by over by the table and he was like pretending like he was playing a keyboard and he was like <laughs> you know and like i was like loon <laughs> like i didn't even know he had this much personality so it was cool to see they were all excited man oh very much so i bet dre was totally pissed off that his calf tightened up before the game yeah because i was like because we actually saw like it was the Cavaliers um, reporter who actually said something about it first and she ended up deleting her tweet because like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like Warriors PR just announced that he's playing. So like we were confused and then eventually, you know, it did come down like he wasn't playing. So, I mean, I'm glad they could get the W um, and it sounds like it was probably a little bit more precautionary than anything, but um, hopefully he'll be good for the next games because we will need Dre in those matchups, but I'm glad they got the W. I'm glad that he got to still do the tip off with Clay. I'm glad Clay returned. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing night overall. So I am really ecstatic. I don't have any complaints. I think Clay Day went well. <laughs> oh, he had 17 points. I mean, <laughs> his first game back in 17, 18 shots in 19 minutes. <laughs> Very yeah. Clay likes that line. And but he, he was, like, hit a big shot, too. Like, when um, the Cavaliers were making that run near the end before he, like, got pulled again, he made, like, a yep. three that was, like, really pretty timely. So I said, okay, Clay's still clutch. Yeah. Good. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> no, he, he's the same. That, that's the thing. It's sort of emblematic of his entire personality because his personality never changes, and that's what everyone says about him. It, so it makes sense that I mean, he said he was nervous coming into the game, but his game was still the same. You know, it's, it wasn't like, and that's what I think a lot of people were worried about was when he comes back, is he going to be this sort of slower clay who just, just being a spot up shooter? Uh, maybe you don't stick him on guys who are, you know, really capable offensively to help out other players on the floor. Uh, you know, he can't guard guards anymore, at least for, you know, at least point guards this year. He was, he was, he wasn't really guarding point guards, but he was guarding bigs pretty well. He actually, gave Mobley some trouble a couple times. Mobley scored over him one time, but the defense was great. Yeah. Uh, he got a block, I think, on Garland. I can't remember if it was Garland or someone else. Garland actually had a poor game today. He's been ripping it up the entire season. He, I know. Might he, be a he has all-star all star. Yeah. And he had nine points today on three of 11 shooting. And I think uh, it wasn't all clay, obviously, but I think the, the the defense itself was just fantastic tonight because I think they realized they needed to win this game. The Warriors defense, like, let's just talk about that for a little bit because whether Dre is there or not, it is held up. 
right? Yeah. And that's not to like Trey is the quarterback of the defense and he's clearly DPOY, but I'm just saying the fact that they're still playing that level of defense without Dre is pretty impressive. Like I know they lost that Denver game, but to like be down the way they are and then come back and hold Denver to 29 second half points, that's incredible. And like Jokic was really inefficient that night in terms of his mm-hmm. shooting. You know, um, the defense is just so like elite. It's really, really impressive. I, well, I mean, I think what really helps them is that they have four elite defensive guys off the bench. I mean, obviously, it's great to have Wiggins there to guard your best perimeter player. It's great to have Draymond there to quarterback the defense. I think it's going to, and Looney obviously is a guy that Kerr loves just because of his defense, and that's really it. Uh, the rebounding too, but mostly just the defense. But you, when you when you have Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter, Andre Iguodala, and Juan Toscano Anderson, who just bothers people almost as much as GP two does, just as being a pest. When those guys come in, those guys also they know that when somebody like Dre is out, they have a b- bigger opportunity for minutes. So you don't have guys cruising saying, "Oh well, you know, we, Dre's not here. We don't have our heartbeat of our team supposedly." So we're going to take a night off. It actually kind of seems like the other way. It's almost like they're in better position when Dre's on the floor because he directs everyone and tells them all what to do. And he knows everyone leaks tendencies. But when he's gone, it seems like, especially the role players kind of play a little bit harder. I don't know if that's true or not. It just seems like something I experienced watching. Yeah. You know, I, you know, one of the most interesting things that I've seen that I've noticed is, if Dre isn't around, not even if Dre isn't around, but I, I think I just noticed it in a game where I can't remember if Dre didn't play or um, maybe he just wasn't on the court, but like Steph was out there directing everyone, you know, he was like telling people what spots to get into. And I was just like, and I mean, Steph's defense has just been I mean, Steph has always been underrated as a defender and the way people talk about him. But I mean, this year, he's really, really playing really good defense. And um, because I even Much better than ever. Yeah, I even heard like um, Jeff Van Gundy the other day on TV be like, Steph Curry's a good defender, like full stop. Like, (laughs) like that's it. And um, but to see him out there directing people, you know, it was just like, this is impressive stuff. This is. And then you have to still turn around and do what you do on the offensive end, something that the other players on the team don't have to turn around and do, you know? And so that's pretty, aside from Wiggins, you know, but it's still different, you know, with Wiggins and obviously now Clay's back. Um, I think, you know, you talked about the fact that like he was guarding some bigger guys. I kind of have a feeling it's going to be like that. I think they're going to keep Andrew on like the point of attack and have him doing as they should. I mean, there's no right. reason to run exactly. playing on the ground. I mean, the, I think we noticed just in the last few games with the offense struggling, what they need Clay for right now, at least in the regular season, is to get them out of offensive ruts. I mean, yeah. Their defense is fine. Their defense plays on the road. It plays at home. Plays with Dre. Plays without Dre. Their offense, though, every once in a while, lately, more than once in a while, goes in these shooting slumps to where. You know, I mean, if, if Jordan Poole doesn't have it going and Steph doesn't have it going, you know, I mean, even if Wiggins does, it's not enough. 
you know it's not and I mean I I do think their offensive struggles lately are tied to like Steph's shooting struggles because they feed so much off of him so he does need to like really hopefully snap out of it soon um Clay will definitely help with that the spacing was much you know I I told people like the moment Steph I mean the moment Clay steps on the court it's going to help because they're going to guard him like he's Clay Thompson. No one's going to be like, oh, he missed two years. So it seemed Let's like not. in the second quarter, they kind of did. When he hit his first three, he was wide open. I think the, the Cavaliers like, okay, show us. You know, we, you know, you made that one layup and then you missed four jumpers in a row. Okay, we're going we're gonna to let you open and see if you're, if you're washed right now. Then he hit that three, and then all of a sudden the defense started coming towards him a little bit more. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to be, much more much easier for the offense to run regardless of what the other personnel is on the floor when you have Steph when you have Clay playing 20 25 minutes a game as the season goes on yeah way easier and that's because yeah the defense is going to play and Clay isn't going to be I could tell from tonight he's not going to be as good as he was a couple years ago at least not in the short term but he's not going to be a negative on defense he's not exactly he's going to be better than Poole yeah, he's going to be better in pool. He's going to be better than probably Bielitsa as well, although they play different positions. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, I think he's going to be okay. I do too. And I think one of the biggest things I love about Clay being back is not the three-point shooting. It's the mid-range because this team, I know they're leaning into math and shooting more threes, but I feel like they have a propensity. It's just feeling a little bit too um, – Houston Rockets like for me you know like the threes are not falling and they keep shooting them and I'm like people drive take a mid-range something and he had no problem today just going like Otto will do it occasionally Steph has not been doing it as much as he would in the past but like Clay did it he didn't just keep trying to take threes all night and um he went to his mid-range he drove to the basket and Clay to me is like an underrated like flasher like he cuts really well and he gets to the basket he always has now we'll see if that continues you know now with him back and like his movement but he looked good getting you know to the to the rim tonight and um he really though I love like when he just like came inside and took the mid-range I was like yes yes we need someone who can like remind them like you guys can do this too yeah, they need a much more diverse offense than we've seen the last week or so. I mean, especially when you're shooting like five for 28 from three and you just keep doing it. The other thing, too, is Clay is also someone that isn't going to get all into the overpassing thing that has just enveloped the team. Like they've always had that tendency sometimes, like especially when. Yeah, I'm Especially when, when, when Steph and Dre and Iguodala are all on the floor, obviously great players, Hall of Famers, but there's sometimes when they start getting too cute and they pass up open shots, they pass up open mid-range, they pass up open layups for threes, and it's like, dudes, like if you're not hitting these threes, you know, don't just make take the shot. Yeah, don't make Damian Lee bail you out just because, you know, you, you thought you might get your shot blocked at the rim, like try to get fouled or something. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times Warriors fans do a lot of complaining about the foul situation. Oh, there should be more free throws than us. I mean, yeah, I mean, the refs aren't perfect all the time, but most of the times because the Warriors are hitting people with their hands, trying to get steals and not forcing the issue at the rim and settling for too many threes. And, you know, the refs aren't going to reward you if you do that. So, Clay is a guy who, when they're overpassing too much, the ball gets in Clay's hands. 
it's gonna get he's stuck there and yeah. he's gonna shoot so yeah that's actually that's actually a good thing i mean they need that they just need a little bit more diversity in their offense and he brings i agree they, they're definitely like i don't know if you saw that um possession tonight where like the clock shot the, the shot clock was about to expire and like i think it was juan who put up a three i actually think it did expire i don't think he got it off in time but they they I, let I, it go i remember that i thought the same thing and i was just like there were about two or three different times in all that passing i saw that someone could have taken a taken a fucking shot and they yep. didn't and it was annoying me because i was like <laughs> what the hell just like some of those early turnovers from Steph, like I try not to get mad at it, but I'm like, okay, I get that you want to get the ball to Clay, but you're being fucking careless right now. Like I need you to stop it. Yeah, the, the whole one, <laughs> the one arm pass over the backwards over the shoulder, like that everyone knows is coming because they all know Clay's curling around the screen. You know, it's like, and, and there's like, it's all this traffic here. He does that all the time. The Dallas game was just ridiculous with the overpassing. Like they uh. just would not stop passing and uh i mean yeah i know when the warriors are at their best it's like you know 35 assists on 43 made shots right. or whatever. but that's usually when like you know it's like two passes to an open dude who's like wide open not this whole okay well i'm not i'm open but this guy might be more open over here but by the time the pass gets over cross court they close out on him so he passes it over here and then he tries to th- you know thread the needle inside and it gets picked off so it's uh i mean i'm, I'm i don't know i i i haven't gotten to uh go to the locker room for a bit or actually no one's going to the locker room right now but even the press conferences last time i did uh warriors coverage was right before the pandemic started uh, mm-hmm. i covered warriors sixers uh which is one of the last two games before everything shut down before rudy gobert uh yeah change the world uh but like i'd like to ask her like some you know because we all know he loves ball movement but does he get as frustrated sometimes with with the overpassing because don nelson's big thing was always like you know because he he was big into ball movement too but his favorite thing was do not pass up a good shot if you have a good shot i don't care when on the shot clock it is just take it and if you don't take it i'll bench you yeah i mean it like Honestly, the times it also kills me too is when like I see like Otto pass the ball to someone who's like a worse three point shooter than you. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Take that damn shot. Yeah, like, you know, and you'll see that a lot, and like it'll end up in Andre's hands. No, I love Andre, but that's not who I want to take the shot. You know, um, I know like, Andre has. We the- know why he's open. <laughs> exactly. Like I know Andre can hit like some big shots, and he's done it. He seems to be like one of the like best big shot makers like when you need it you know but still like no I don't want the ball making its way to Andre don't necessarily want it making its way to Dre like y'all need to shoot this damn ball you know so um they do it sometimes it's annoying but hey whatever they're still winning it's a long regular um, season you know they mess around too and 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 sort of freelance experiment during games you can tell especially games they feel like they can win yeah or you know time i mean when they when they really want to win we saw on christmas right how how they really can play so that's there right so they once they once and i think once they knew that was there and once the staff record was in the books yeah i think you know they took a little bit of a a breath and then COVID hit the team so I think there's a lot of factors as to why before Clay came in that they kind of had some sputtering offensive performances. 
And also, I think they were looking – then they were looking forward to the Clay thing because I think Clay's as much as Steph makes the team better and all the gravity and everything like that, I think Clay is like the mascot of the team almost to a certain extent. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I just remember hanging out in the locker room before he became – like everyone knew that Clay was like, you know, this funny guy. Like he was afraid to talk to the press. He would never talk to us. I but heard. I, I would like no, I see heard. Him. I saw. <laughs> But like he had the locker in at least an Oracle next to Steph always. And I would just watch them banter back and forth between, you know, before and after games. And so I knew Clay had this personality that he wasn't showing anybody else. And so he, I think he just draws people to him. He's likable. And uh, I think that really you could see it today. It was uh, tonight. It was just a game that I think everyone needed. The fans needed the league needed but definitely especially the players that all the players looked more lively than i've seen them in a little bit of time here yeah no definitely it like rejuvenated them and yep that's definitely not a bad thing getting ready to go into like the second half of the season almost right mm-hmm. um so yeah no i'm not upset because what are they right now um they've won 30 and lost nine is that correct that's pretty good pretty good is that the right record did i say that it yes it is yeah so they're they're, they're, and nine. they're tied for first but really they're number one because right now at this moment they own the tie own the tiebreaker over the suns so yeah. they have the best record in the league in my opinion they're the best team in the league and they just got clay thompson back i mean you know life, life isn't bad it's not uh, at all you not have to all. really you have to really nitpick i mean the interesting things are going to be i think it was kind of interesting to see the the rookies get some run in in their previous game, and then now though you know that they're not. I mean, are they going to be hanging out in Santa Cruz? I mean, you know they they got they got some good experience at the end of that game against New Orleans, but you know it's going to be interesting when when they're going to sneak these guys back in the rotation. But I feel I think like Kaminga probably... is still going to get like some minutes. I don't know where. I but think he, is going to be in the playoff rotation. He needs to like get minutes. Um, how have you felt about him? He's been good, right? I think, well, I mean, I just said, I think he's going to be in the playoff rotation. I thought this like two weeks ago uh, when they, the, when they played against uh, the, the Suns on Christmas, just the way that he was, that, that Kerr wanted, that brought him in specifically to defend Devin Booker specifically to come in and sort of push the pace a little bit offensively because he's also a guy that's not going to overpass and he's he's not afraid to take it inside no i think he's also fearless so i think he's a guy who's definitely going to get a six to eight minute role at least on you know through a lot and not maybe not against every in every matchup but in certain ones yeah if if they end up facing say you know the lakers you know and you know Hey, why don't you go bother LeBron for a little bit? You know, I mean, obviously LeBron has, you know, a lot of mental tools that are going to mess up with the, with the rookie, but you know, these guys who are some of the best guys in the league, he can stay with them. He can also stay with power forwards. He can even guard some centers. And he's also a guy who kind of just makes stuff happen. You know, it's a lot like GP two that way. The ball just ends up in his hands. He gets deflections. Uh, He pushes, he, he gets the ball and pushes the pace a little bit. Sometimes even, uh, is, is he perfect? Does he make all his free throws? No. Does is the shot kind it of walking? time. He's developing. No. But that, that won't be his role. Like, Kerr will be like, your job is to go harass the, their small forward. And so, 
he's able to do that now already, and he plays really intelligent defense for a 19-year-old. So I think that already engenders him to Kerr right now because Kerr's going to worry about defense only. So from what I've seen, he's going to get playoff minutes, which for a guy that age coming out of the G League, coming out of Congo, like that's to me that's pretty remarkable and shows that he's got a huge ceiling. I think that, I mean, not mate. Well, no, some people are going to definitely see their times go down. I think you're going to see less Damian Lee going forward. Sure. Probably less belly would yeah. be my guess. Um, I also don't know how many more minutes Juan is going to see, you know, because I mean, now that Clay is back, I mean, it's going to be some time too, because Clay's only playing 20 minutes a night. Right. But as Clay starts to ramp up more minutes, and they kind of want to start to solidify their playoff rotation, you know. So we have a little bit longer where you're probably going to be seeing, like, everyone. But I think those those are some of the people that I expect to, like, not really be seeing minutes. I don't know how much more of, like, Moody you'll really see aside from, like, maybe a blowout and he comes in. Yeah, barely any Moody. No more Chioza. Uh, I think God. you're going <laughs> to – Yeah. Thank God. It, probably anyone listening to this podcast probably isn't really uh, too upset I just said that. I think what those guys are going to be, like the Damian Lee and Juan Descano-Anderson kind of guys, are going to be guys who will get run here and there when Kerr likes the matchup. But mostly they're going to be there for – Andre's going to get a lot of rest days right. from here to the rest of the year. I think Draymond's going to get a lot of rest days from here to the rest of the year. I think Steph is probably going to get a few more now that Clay's back. So those are the guys that are – But in what kind of matchups? I mean, they they still are pretty much like – they struggle without Steph on the court still. Oh, they definitely do. But I think that, you know, as, as Clay comes back and is able to handle a little bit more of a workload – I think there will be not very often, not like Andre Iguodala rest, but like it'll probably be a, the games where they think it's a team that they can beat without Steph. Yeah, a, like a, a lesser back, opponent, a back to back against Sacramento, you know that kind of thing. It's maybe, uh, maybe not Sac because they always play us well, but I hear that's, you. That, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I hear you. They escaped my mind, but uh, a back to back against uh, you know a, a team at the level of Detroit, right? You yeah. know. So, but those, so those guys almost have to be ready and they're veterans and say, all right. Cause I think that the reason why JTA played so much tonight, even with Clay coming back, is because Draymond didn't play. Right, right. And I always said that like about JTA, like that, you know, when a lot of people were a little worried about him in the beginning of the year and he wasn't like, it seemed like he had got like bench. And I'm just like, well, I mean, JTA is going to get his minutes, I think, a lot when Andre's out or, like to split that time with Andre because they want to play Andre less. So they have more of him like in the future. So I don't, I don't really mind that. I love GP two getting minutes, you know? So I think the only people I just really feel like we're going to see less of are like Lee and belly. And I think eventually JTA, like, I think, like, I don't know that like those guys might see some like playoff minutes, like here and there, but I don't think they'll be the regular rotation. You know, I think if I had to pick, I think that's going to be, so Steph, Clay, Dre, Andrew, Looney, Poole. That's already six people, right? Andre, seven. Otto, eight. Yep. Um, eight GP2, is generally... GP2, yeah. nine. And then I guess 
if you add in Kaminga, that's 10. I don't yeah. think. I think Kaminga for like spot minutes, like at the end of quarters and stuff to, you know, when they need, or when they need to stop. Yeah. I, everyone else, I like can't really see them, you know, getting well, I mean, in there. I mean, Kerr says during the plays, you don't play more than 10 guys. You, a lot of times you don't play 10 guys. So. Right. Most people that only right, go like nine deep. So that right there is fine. And then, and then of course there's going to be injuries. So that you have to, you know, that, that's the thing that, but let's, the hope that not. Have, let's hope not. Let's just let this not. be, let Knock this on be, wood. they'll never get hurt there. Let this be a 2015, <laughs> 2016 year where we just, we, we are owed this. We are owed this after two years of just devastating injuries to our guys. The, well, in a way, yes, but th- you know, three titles in five years and five finals in a row, it's, it's uh, still not it. such a bad. <laughs> We're still owed it. Like he missed two whole seasons. Health, health wise, missed yes. one. Health wise, like, yes. It's like, come on. Like even when people have injuries, they're not usually losing like two of their top guys like that. Like that's just, brutal yeah i remember when uh when baines fell on steph's hands that was just like i was like wow okay yeah this really is a completely zero season right yeah i mean it's just it was awful so um so they're about to go on the road and they're gonna play the grizzlies who are like really hot right now they just beat the lakers tonight i don't know i mean they were like whooping like just demolishing the Lakers um it got close at the end but that's because like they had their reserves in and like the Lakers reserves made like a little run and they actually had to bring job back in the game um who had now, the best th- block of the year by the way it might oh be God. one of the best blocks of all time to be honest <laughs> that was insane if anyone yeah. didn't watch it he, Avery Bradley tossed the ball up against tried to you know float it up against the window jaw just skies in and catches the ball about a foot and a half over the rim hits it against the backboard and the ball so the ball bounces backwards so that it could be saved by a teammate and somehow doesn't get decapitated by the backboard and lands underneath it it, it was just the way that he caught it with two hands and, and hit the backboard with it a foot and a half over the rim like I tweeted, it was like, this is like a, one of those plays that they talk about, like that are on the playground, like at Rucker or, you know, the you know playgrounds over here in Oakland or in LA or Chicago where like, oh man, you, you know, this play, this legendary play happened. Right. And even though like, you know, it might not have happened, like a hundred thousand people claim to have been there and actually witnessed it in person. Hook Mitchell is a famous, famous playground legend in Oakland. And apparently he jumped over a Mustang and dunked. And when I actually mentioned this on Twitter, somebody came to me, this guy named Bleacher Dave, who's a big time Oakland fan, total OG, goes, I saw the hook dunk. And I didn't even mention the hook dunk. And that's what I was thinking of. That was that kind of play. <laughs> I mean, it's no Mustang. But speaking of jumping over people, did you see GP2 jump over <laughs> Mobley this evening? I was like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> Why is, is this ridiculous. little man so not little? <laughs> He's like a he's like a high like an Olympic high jumper. Like, oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, Ja also had like another highlight in that Lakers game where um, he went up to like I want to say it was to dunk or like it was an alley maybe, and like he completed it, he converted, but 
like his head was like so close like by the rim he had to like like move it like he, he's oh freaky athletic like the insane levels of athleticism it's just remarkable um and I like Ja I mean I know like some Warriors fans did not because of like the play-in last year and like how people were talking but I really do I like him um and the Grizzlies are good I mean you know what I think like including myself, like underestimated them a little bit last year. Like I knew they were a solid team, but I still was like, oh, we can beat them. Um, and I mean, I think if like really healthy, we probably would have, but you know, they came back this year. They made like a few changes to the team and like people have to really start respecting them. I mean, I'm not sure that they're a contender, but I don't think this is like a first round out team you know I I think no, I think not. their ceiling is maybe the conference finals um and I think that they easily get to like the second round and push that like you know in a far series so we'll see what happens um you know I remember Josh saying like he's a top five point guard I think that was like in the off season, and a lot of us laughed or I did I was like okay yeah sure Josh. you know and I like <laughs> listed all the people who I thought were better but I mean right now he's playing like he's the second best point guard in the league and in theory if you're like really penalizing Steph for his shooting then you could say he's playing like he's the best right now right so um he's been incredible and um I'm interested to see where this 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 Grizzlies team is gonna go but nonetheless we're gonna play them in Memphis uh on Tuesday is that I think it's I on Tuesday so. yeah, yeah Tuesday and then and, Thursday they play the Bucks right so we're gonna play the Grizzlies on Tuesday Dylan Dylan is Dylan I always call him Dylan Dylan Brooks is out for three to five weeks so that sucks for them um I guess it's not so bad for the Warriors since um that man is always like just hounding stuff I don't mind though I like it I like that because to me that like mimics a playoff atmosphere right and that's what he's going to be dealing with so when we beat teams under those conditions to me that's just practice you know so I like it, but whatever, he's not going to be there. So they have that game. And then they have, like you mentioned, uh, the Bucks and Chicago, which is a back-to-back. So this is not an easy stretch. So, I mean, no, I want to focus Minnesota like, on, two days later, which is, you know, also not easy. And it's in Minnesota and, you know, ant could go off at any time. So uh, right. you're, I'm fast forwarding. So you go back to. Yeah. What you were talking so about I mean, like. I want a winning record. I don't want like a 500 split on this road trip. So I don't know where it's going to come, but they got to, to me, find a way to win at least one of those back to backs. And then I don't know, but I just, I want the record to be three and one when they're done at a minimum, like, you know, obviously two and two is a split, um, but I want them to be three and one. I definitely don't want them to lose too many. Um, With the back-to-back in there, I don't think Clay is going to be playing, right? And Otto doesn't play back-to-backs either. So, I mean, my guess is I don't think he'll rest them on the same night. So my guess is like one night, whatever night Clay plays, Otto won't. 
and whatever night Otto plays play won't. And I'm guessing that Otto is going to want to play versus Chicago, but I don't know if the Warriors are going to care about that. Um, <laughs> some people have also suggested that like Chicago has a significant meaning to Clay because he broke the record there. So he could want to play there, but I don't know. I figure like with it being Otto's old team, he would want to like, you know, players like going back to their old teams. So yeah, I think that's bigger than setting a record somewhere. And also, yeah. you know, I think Milwaukee is pretty good. So if you put Clay up against Milwaukee, that works just fine as well. But, I agree. I feel like Milwaukee is still probably the better team. And so I want Clay for that game, but I don't know what they're going to do. So <laughs> as far as like the Grizzlies, I mean, what do you think with them being down Dylan Brooks and us going into that game? Um, how do you like the Warriors chances? I mean, I like the worst chances in every game. I think that this road, I mean, back to you, what you're saying about road trip record uh, and you want three and one. I think if Dre is, is there and fine, and I think it rests him totally precautionary because of this road trip. If this road trip was against Detroit and, you know, just a bunch of mediocre teams. Sorry, Detroit, you, you always come up when we talk about I bad know. teams. Like <laughs> Poor Detroit. You know, usually back in the day, we just say Knicks and Clippers, but now the Knicks and Clippers are like respectable, so we can't do that anymore. Right. But uh, I think if Dre's oh, healthy, the Knicks, which the Knicks are struggling a little bit, but okay, we'll give them a little bit. A, a little bit, but I mean, for years and years, they were like, of course, no, I'm teasing you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, Memphis is going to be tough. I mean, without Dylan Brooks, they waxed the Lakers. So, I mean, at, in LA, which isn't like the biggest achievement of all time this season, but the Lakers have been a little bit friskier just over the last week or so. So the fact that they came in, and you know that they wanted to they wanted to win that game against not so great teams though. That's yeah, why exactly. I wasn't that impressed, and I tweeted about it, and then they, you know, ratioed me or you know put me in a oh, pack. <laughs> oh, of course, yes, because uh, that's packed the... me up. So people say like whatever that yeah, shit was on mute. They were talking to themselves, but exactly, yeah. yeah. But I mean. Like, I wanted to see them do it against, like, a top team, and they didn't. So I still feel the same about the Lakers. But, yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies are – I think we can do it, but they're going to be in Memphis, right? Um, it's going to be in Memphis. So that's going to be a wild atmosphere. I mean, the Grizzlies are going to – you know, are 28 and 14. They're, they're on, a, me, like, a, a, a win streak right now, too, right? Let me check. I, yeah, I, I don't know how long the like, win streak is. I think it's like a nine-game win streak. Let me check. Oh, serious? I had no idea. I'm going to look. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm going to check. So, I mean, to me, the Grizzlies are looking like the sons of last year, where if everything fell into place and the best teams had w- one of their best guys go down, that they could actually make it to the finals if everything went their way. I don't think that's going to happen this year because I also think that the top – teams in the west are better than the top teams the west were last year but they're sort of that young up-and-coming team that could get there a year early so i don't know the the atmosphere is going to be insane but that's that's a good win streak so yeah th- they're going to be insane there there are it's already a pretty tough home crowd the they play the warriors really tough the it, it's a very difficult matchup for them for whatever reason i mean i think dylan brooks actually you make good points on him I think he does mess with Steph to the point where kind of bogs down the Warriors offense a little bit more. I'm looking at their lineup. I mean, really what they deal with not so well are tall, rangy bigs who can run. 
And so, you know, the fact they got Jaron Jackson Jr. finally healthy, Brendan Clark, those are guys who I think give the Warriors trouble, especially if the Warriors start giving up a lot of offensive rebounds. So if it gets into like a half court game and the Warriors can't run, I don't really like their chances as much as if their defense plays the way that it should, then they get out in transition. And when they get out in transition, they don't try to, you know, do hot dog one arm passes. I mean, I don't want to sound like Fitz, you know, complaining about one handed passes, but it is true sometimes. But I think if they play like, if they play as, as sort of within themselves as they did against Phoenix on Christmas Day, I mean, that was an almost perfect game for them. They play outstanding, but they also, they, they sort of their, they were, had their focus on the entire time. They're going to have to this, this road trip. But I think they know it. And I think that's why Clay came back tonight was uh, for Sunday night's this game. Road trip. Is because he knows that it, this road trip is a good playoff test for them. And he probably wanted, he's, he's like, I'm healthy. And Rick Celebrini said, you're good. The scrimmages, he was good. And the Warriors actually kind of need him. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, though, is that the Warriors, I think, have one of the best half-court offenses in the league, which is, I don't know if that's surprising, but they do. Um, I like that stat because I'm like, okay, this means that you guys are going to be able to do okay in the postseason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just like, you know, people are so concerned about their lack of interior defense, right? But I'm just like, but that hasn't been costing them games, you know? And yeah. um, they out-rebound a lot of teams that are, like that even have length over them, right? So, I mean, so far, we haven't really seen them pay for that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, just the Grizzlies are really good. So I don't, I don't sleep on them anymore like I did before. I think they're like a real team. Um, so we'll just have to see, but I'm rooting for us to get this, 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 this W. So I'm hoping we do. I know um, you are. <laughs> I know this guy, Bane, you know, he shoots the ball well. And yeah. um, he has a chip on his shoulder because he felt he got looked over. Yeah, he he, he was uh, five for eight from three against Lakers on Sunday night. So it's he's, he's one of those guys where he's don't really look at the box score and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, got to worry about him. But he's much better i mean it's sort of the same thing as brunson when the when the warriors played the mavericks it's like oh yeah you kind of forgetting it then he starts playing against them like oh he's like the kind of torching the way fred van bleep does sometimes and actually he's a good player now so yeah you you have to you can't really look past these guys you have to have appropriate fear no i'm just kidding that's a (laughs) steve kerr saying i'm just um i don't actually use that in daily conversation so I think I think John Morant deserves the second starting spot as a guard on the All-Star team. I couldn't decide who I thought it should be. I'm not that moved by either um, Booker or um, Donovan. Like, yeah. I know a lot of people are just saying it should be one of them or even Chris Paul, which I moved even less by because, like, they're mm-hmm. one of the, like, top two teams. But I'm just like, but really has like their play, like, I mean, Donovan's had some decent stats and Book is a little less than him and he's missed some games, but I still just wasn't really moved by them. And, and then I remembered that 
Ja had went out injured for a while, which is probably why I wasn't thinking about him. And then when he came back and reminded us how great he had been playing so far this season, I'm like, no, it's Ja. I think Ja needs to get the second spot. So because Luca is very popular and he might get it, but I don't think he deserves to be a starter this year. No, I don't think so either. It's, uh, but he will because he's Luca and he's been anointed. Uh, he doesn't deserve it just based on. Well, I mean, I think he, the Mavericks have been playing well lately, but uh, he hasn't actually been in the lineup a lot of the time. And yeah, they are playing better now, but I, you know, I just think as a year so far, granted, he's missed some games, but I just think if I think of Ja, Luca, Donovan, and Booker, I think by far Ja's having the best season out of all of them, in my opinion. He might get there. I'm looking at the the returns and he Jaws was, only 100,000, 120,000 behind Luca for the number two spot. He was in the range, yeah. Hilarious that Clay's in fourth. It is. <laughs> and of, I got to tell Booker. you, I'm going to keep voting for Clay too. So I don't know how that's going to work um, because, you know, there's the online ballot like on NBA.com. There's also the app. And then there's, you know, your your Twitter account and I actually have three Twitter accounts. I vote on all of them. So I, you know, sometimes I give Ja a vote, sometimes I give Clay a vote. Um I know it's totally not right for Clay to be in the game, but I feel like all that he's lost, he deserves everything. So I'm gonna keep voting for him anyway. Um it's a fan vote. Like who cares? But how about Wiggins who (laughs) what he's the most impressive to me. He has more votes than Draymond. And he is in by a lot. And he's in fourth with a chance to overtake Paul George. Who probably won't be ready for the All-Star game. I mean, I haven't heard a thing about his elbow in quite some time. Sounds to me like it's a possible surgery. So we might be talking about season ending for Paul George. He might come back, but like they said, five to eight weeks, and they're not sure. Could be on the is longer it that side long? of that. Yeah. Five to like, eight? Yeah, it was pretty serious. Yeah, last time I checked, he's on one of my fancy teams, so I'm checking this very closely because when he went down, it kind of uh, hamstrung one of my teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, no, no, no one listening cares, but the no, it's it's a, it's a serious elbow injury. Like at first, it was like an elbow strain, and he was trying to shoot through it, and then next thing you knew, they're like, yeah, he's out for several weeks. So yeah, so I mean, because I, he got the report on his injury came out the day all-star voting started. So I had actually already voted for him earlier in the day, but I said, okay, well, going forward, I'm not going to be voting for him anymore because he's injured. So I like, you know, because the coaches are definitely going to put Draymond in, but I think, I think that like Andrew would be like possible, but maybe not a definite. So if he gets voted in, that's it. He's in. And um, because like, even if he only gets the fan vote, but doesn't get like the, 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 what is it? The media and the player vote, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the fan vote ends up like trumping those if he, you know, wins that in full. So I, you know, I just, I, it's just so impressive to me that he's fourth. It's so impressive to me that he has more votes than Dre. Like that is like really remarkable. And I, I want Andrew Wiggins on that team. I think he deserves it. So he's also getting a lot of my votes as well. Did you see that? Like the K-pop community was voting for him. 
Yes, I did. Yeah, they're unstoppable. Did oh, you... my gosh. And did you see, like, how, because all the LeBron fans got, like, upset that Steph was, like, in first and, like, is right now positioned to be captain. So they did this whole campaign to, like, try to get Braun more votes. And so then people started voting more for Steph, too. And so there was this really funny tweet because they're like, you thought we weren't going to bring reinforcements. And it shows like bronze number at the beginning, how it was like way ahead of Steph. And then the final number and Steph overtook them. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is the fun stuff about being a fan. Uh, okay, so no, I was wrong about Paul George. I, I was overestimating. They said the team will reevaluate him in three to four weeks to see if rest can get him on a pathway to recovery. To me, that doesn't sound great. Torn ligament in his right elbow. I mean, I kind yeah, of remember the background. I figured if you that have he that would as a be, picture, you're done. I figured he'd probably be back sometime in February, but I felt like that, like, so he'll probably be back by All-Star Game. I just felt like that he'd be missing too much time, that it didn't seem, you know, fair to reward him. And I say that as I still vote for Clay, but, you know, whatever. That's my logic. So, um, it's great. And if Steph pulls out being a captain, that's also impressive. Just because when you think of the the how large the Laker fan base is, you combine that with the LeBron stand base, you know, it's pretty, you know. Because, I mean, Steph had been beating Braun a lot in terms of um, getting more all-star votes, you know, when he was in Cleveland. But once he moved to Lakers, I'm just like, okay, forget it. Because you're like... It's now Lakers plus LeBron stand. So the fact that he's leading this year is is tremendous. You know, if he can hold that lead, um, that would be pretty incredible. And I keep saying, like, if he does get captain, who's he picking first, Andrew or Draymond? Draymond. Okay. I think so. I mean, they've been boys forever. Right. I mean, he's going to pick his two teammates first, which in a way might end up hurting his team because, you know, although Kevin, Kevin Durant, if he wins, actually, he, he would pick Harden. But then after that, he that'd be his only teammate. So then he could like right after that. I don't think Steph picks his two teammates first. I think he picks Giannis. No, he's picking his two teammates first. When he was captain, that's what he we did should, last time. We should make, yeah, we should make a bet on this. I think he goes Giannis just because you know, he knows that he can get those guys a little bit later, and he liked to win that game. And Giannis and him are boys, too. Like, I remember I was one of the last games I covered was when the Bucks were in town, and Giannis walks into the locker room with the Steph autographed jersey. And that's, mm-hmm. and I, and I, t- I took a picture and tweet, or I don't think I took a picture, I just tweeted it out. And that was back when Giannis, they didn't know if he was going to sign the extension. That thing went viral so fast and every Warriors fan grabbed onto that. And they're like, oh my God, you know, that means Giannis is coming. But I don't know. I, I, I think I think he goes Giannis first. Katie goes Harden. And then he goes Draymond and Wiggins or Wiggins and Draymond and fills out his team the rest I of the I mean, it would be smart because like, I agree. People aren't going to pick those guys right away if we're being candid when you think of like the other players that will probably be available but i just i don't know i feel like he's gonna pick his guys first or maybe so. he picks or maybe he picks lebron first as sort of an olive branch i hope not i don't want them ever on the same team again 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't like when they're like buddies and playing together. Listen, I'm old school. I like animosity. The teams hate each other. Yep. Fans hate each other. I don't like all this buddy buddy shit. Like, give oh, me. Oh, I agree. Give me the old school. Like, I don't mess with you. Get away from me. That's what I we, want. We we get it. You're all making forty or fifty million dollars a year, but you should still be angry with each other, anyways. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, look, Steve, this has been so much fun. And guys, like Steve and I are going to keep this conversation going because just big, big week for the Warriors. So I'm going to have him back and we're going to talk about, we're going to get into Memphis, not Memphis. We already talked about them. We're going to get into Milwaukee. We're going to get into the Bulls. We're going to talk about the rest of the week, but I'm going to stop here because this was a lot. And I'm so grateful, Steve, for your time and your knowledge and chopping it up with me i really appreciate you always oh i appreciate you too nat and uh grateful for you to have me on i am excited for i'm grateful you're on (laughs) well i'm not that big of a deal like i'm i'm not even i'm not even a member of warriors twitter for god's sakes you know i'm just sort of like an outlier like you know no i I used to uh, we know you I used to like be at every practice, not every practice, but like most practices, every game back in the day when I had my own website, but uh, you know, you get, you, you sell out to the man and uh, you do what the man tells you to do. I, I enjoyed the athletic, I guess now we're owned by the New York times, which is uh, interesting, but hopefully good. And, uh, but yeah, when no, it's great. When for- did that, when did that happen? This week. Yeah, oh, was, I missed uh, that it was news. On, on Thursday. Yeah. I woke up at seven in the morning. First thing I did was, check my phone and I see my buddy tw- on there tweeting about how uh, the, the New York Times has reportedly bought the athletic for $550 million straight cash. And then later that afternoon, it was announced that that indeed is exactly what happened. So uh, apparently they're gonna keep all the athletic employees and we're just gonna be a subsidiary of the New York Times, whatever that means. And they're gonna leave us alone who knows how long that will occur, but uh, for now, it seems like it's all, we're all good. And so, yeah, you can call me a New York times contributor, even though I'm totally not a New York times contributor, but uh, no, thanks for having me on that. I really appreciate it. I know it's uh, late on your end. So thank no, you for staying up okay. with me and uh, yeah, always fun hanging out and talking to you about the, the Warriors and the NBA in general. Yeah. Mm, okay. You guys are going to be a wholly owned sub of the, um, New York Times. Yeah. Like, I would, like wire cutter. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything to happen in the near future, but something will happen at some point, but you'll just be on your P's and Q's, you know, um, yep, it won't, exactly. it won't be, it won't be near future. So exactly. They're going to come in, assess, figure out what they need to do, what they want to do, blah, 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 blah. So you have time, but yeah, I've been in that situation before where we operated as like a wholly owned sub for a long time. And then eventually, and it took a few years, so it can really range. But, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, I was still with the company after they made their changes, but they always make their changes and like, you know, make their Absolutely. Mark. So I know, I, hopefully it'll stay as similar as to what it is now. Cause I think a lot of people like the athletic for what it is and don't want the, New York Times to come in and just do wholesale changes and especially, you know, lay off a bunch of people. Obviously, I certainly like you guys. I mean, I read some of the other like athletic reporters, but I, you know, I like reading your work. 
love um, Marcus and um, Slater, you know, so yes. those are people that I really, really like. Um, so, you know, I will just be cheerleading and rooting for you guys and hoping that no matter what changes come that you guys will be good and safe no matter what, um, because we enjoy your work and I need Absolutely. it to continue. Well, thank you. You're you welcome. <laughs> I know, you too. All right. So um, thank you for agreeing to be on with me um, again this week for another episode. I can't wait to talk to you some more. But for tonight, we're going to end things. Um, you guys, make sure that you are, I don't know like anyone who wouldn't be following Steve already, but if you're not, follow him. Um, he knows his stuff. Like, even though he's covering a lot of baseball, I'm sure there's a lot of baseball fans anyway, but like, he's always tweeting about the games and talking about them. As you can see from now, um, he's great. So make sure you're following him. Make sure you're reading his work. Make sure you're supporting him because he's my guy. And, <laughs> <Thank> um, <laughs> no, but you are, you're one of my favorites, you know that. So make sure you're supporting him, please. He's, he's great. And also make sure you're supporting on that, okay? It is available on Spotify, Apple, all of those platforms. And now you can do reviews on Spotify. So rate the show, please. Apple, Spotify, if you like to watch on video, subscribe and watch on YouTube. Um, I continue to appreciate the support. I'm humbled by the support. And I thank you all. Until next time, take care.